Welcome back to Expert Instruction, the Teach by Design podcast, where we dive deeper into the research surrounding student behavior by talking with the people implementing these practices, where they work, and with the students they support. I'm Megan Cave. Toward the end of April and into the beginning part of May, several of us from PBIS Apps had the opportunity to hit up three conferences across the country, like actually in person. No Zoom calls, no pre-recorded sessions. We were live people face-to-face, probably with some of you listening right now, actually. And it was great. I mean, it was loud and a little overwhelming, but mostly it was great. We were at these conferences primarily to sit at our vendor booth, although some of us presented a session or five. (laughs) We handed out brochures and lanyards and stickers, and we answered so many questions about our apps. We saw lots of old friends and met tons of new ones too. And we learned so much, we had to sit down and debrief it. So in today's episode, I'm joined by some people that I know and love, my PBIS apps colleagues and friends. Robin Spurl is our marketing and design manager. Jessica Daly is our training team lead. And Katie Schultz is one of our customer support specialists. The conferences that we attended were the Northwest PBIS Conference in Tacoma, Washington, hosted by the Northwest PBIS Network, the Association of Positive Behavior Support, APBS for short, and their international conference that was held in gorgeous San Diego, California this year. And for the first time, we actually attended an early childhood conference called Addressing Challenging Behavior that was hosted by the National Training Institute on Effective Practices. I mean, it's just three events, but like they happened over the course of two weeks. It was a whirlwind of teachers and researchers and coaches and leadership teams. To say that we came home with some things to talk about is an understatement. So I invited my friends to join me in this episode so we could talk about the conversations that we had with implementers across the country, the recurring themes we heard, and the questions that came up over and over again. Wow, we have a big group today. So thanks, thanks, guys. Thanks, everyone that I work with for joining me on our podcast today. How are you guys? Good. Good. Happy to be here. Great. Yeah. Thanks for inviting me. Good. It's nice to see all of your faces still on Zoom. But we did get out of the office, right, for a couple of weeks, three weeks of conferences. How did it feel for you guys to be in person? at these events this year. They've all been virtual for so long. It seems like an in-person event feels novel. It's true. How did it feel? Did it feel good, Robin? Uh, It felt good. Um, It felt fantastic and yet exhausting. It's so um, exhausting, right? It's a muscle I haven't flexed in a while. And so it's not exhausting to talk to people. It's just was getting back into the swing of it. Mm-hmm. What did you think, Jessica? Jessica was with me in Tampa. I think it was awkward at first. I felt like it was a little, there was unknown. Like I didn't know if people were going to be wearing masks, if people were going to be distancing. I didn't know how close people were going to be. Um, but once we kind of got into the groove, I think within the first 20, 30 minutes of kind of being with the people, it was like, oh, this is totally fine. Like we can do this. And it was yeah. comfortable and um, and wasn't awkward. It was just kind of that initial getting started again was weird. Katie, how about you? Yeah. Uh, 
on top of it being, you know, two years not seeing anybody in person, this was my first conference where I was working at the table. I've gone and I've attended conferences before, so it was a totally different experience, mm -hmm. and I loved it. I thought it was great. <laughs> I'm always behind a computer, emailing with people or talking to them on the phone, so it was so nice to see people's faces and uh, get out there. It feels a little bit like a like a radio personality, right? Where you, you know everybody's names mm -hmm. and you know what their email tone is. You've talked to them on the phone a few times, whatever. And then when you see them in person, it's like, whoa, it's like some sort of reunion, but you or like a like a blind date, but you're not, but the like somehow the reverse, like you know everything about them, but you've never seen them. Like it's so weird. It was so much fun. I loved it. People go, Oh, oh, you're Katie, or I see somebody be like, Oh, you're yes. so and so I email with you all the time. And yeah, it was great. Katie, were you ever surprised? Like, did somebody not look like what you pictured in your head <laughs> where you're like, oh, I've, I've, I'm sure this person, ha you know, has red hair and blue eyes. And like, you just have this yes. sense of what they look like. And then they show up and you're like, that is not congruent <laughs> with what I thought. Yes, definitely. Uh, but no one in a bad way. Just so just if I talked to you, <laughs> you looked even better than I thought you looked. <laughs> I hope you thought the same about me. But I knew what you looked like. No, I'm joking. <laughs> I was going to say you had a really good booth partner too, right? That was part of it. I mean, it could have uh, been better, but wow. <laughs> oh, yeah. The experience Robin, was really fun. Robin and Katie went to, <laughs> went to San Diego uh, to go to APBS, the Association for Positive Behavior Supports. They have an international conference every year and they got Robin somehow managed to draw the warm weather conferences. He got to go to Florida for uh, the early education conference, the NTI conference down there, and to San Diego for the uh, for the APBS conference. So, hmm. in my, in my defense, um, <laughs> yes, that's true. But um, I'm sure people will be listening to this for years and years, mm. and so I just need to explain for context for you know two years down the road okay no one else wanted to be hmm. on a long flight either that's and fair so I was that's the, fair Cross the only travel. people that were like I'll get on that plane it's a hardship I get it, I get <laughs> and, it. and for those of us that went to the not so warm weather conference up in Tacoma so Ooh, Megan Megan yeah. Tertra, <laughs> me and Alan went to that conference Wait. It's technically not supposed to snow in April Never. in Tacoma. It so, snowed so many times. It snowed at least twice while we were there. At least twice. Yeah. <laughs> so all of us, all of us spent some time at uh, our booth, at our vendor booth. And Jessica, you actually presented um, at Northwest PBIS at the conference in Tacoma, as well as the conference down in Tampa. Um, so while we were while we were there though, we heard from lots of people. And so we thought we'd just kind of talk about all of the things that we noticed or some of the big themes that we noticed while we were at the table. And one of those, the biggest theme I think that happened for all of us was our application PBIS assessment is this unknown little gem out there. We just, we talked to so many folks who um, didn't know it existed. Was that your experience too, Katie? Absolutely. And actually, this is something that I remember from attending conferences as well, yeah. is assessment would come up. But, you know, people come by the table and you're chatting and, oh, do you do the TFI? Yeah. Oh, do you do it online? Oh, no, we do it by paper. It's like, what? Here, I'm have sorry. this brochure about PBI's assessment. <laughs> it's, it's free. 
It's Which free. It makes it so easy. I know. And to all your assessment data. And they had no idea. No idea. Or they'd come or they'd walk by the booth and be like, oh, Swiss, we, we mm -hmm. use it. We love it. And they just keep walking. And we go, but do you, what do you know about assessment? What about PBIS assessment? <laughs> <laughs> Jessica, you actually were in the middle of a session and you asked a group of people I about, did. about assessment. Yeah. I, so I had I, about 100 people in my session on building um, evaluation plans or using, um, you know, evaluation planning for building level teams. And when I asked, do you know assessment? Only about four people raised their hands. One of them worked, works with us. So <laughs> only three people. Um, yeah. <laughs> but then what was interesting is I did ask about the TFI. I said, you know, do you know, are you, how many of you have taken the TFI? And about half of the people said that they've taken the TFI. But I asked, are you taking it on assessment? And they didn't really know about taking it on assessment. So mm -hmm. it seems like there's a mismatch of people knowing about the tools, mm -hmm. but not necessarily where to access the tools. And that could have been a product of, for that particular session, it was a lot of building level team people. It mm -hmm. could have been a product of maybe they work with a district coach or something, and yeah. that person is responsible for for their assessment, you know, management. And so that they don't know, they just send the TFI to somebody and somebody else inputs the data and then they get a magic report back and then they don't even um, access it. But it's always yeah. surprising to me how many people are not using the free, you know, application that we have available. Right, exactly. This is Robin again. Um, yeah, for maybe for some of the people that aren't getting their magic report back, like I always try to say, you know, you can score it yourself, it's fine, but you won't get any of the great graphs that will then compare the, your competencies between the subscales so you can see, really see, literally see where your, your strengths and your weaknesses are for your action planning. And then the, one of the really cool things is you're, you know, you're supposed to take the TFI more than once. <laughs> <laughs> And then once you're getting really good at it, you know, annually, and then you can compare all those times you've taken it against the other ones so you can see how you're improving. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, so basically our, well, Katie, what's your pitch? When someone came to the booth and they said mm -hmm. assessment, I don't know what you're talking about. What did you tell them? Because we have people listening yeah. right now who are in Go to our website. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Go to applications, PBIS assessment. You'll get all the details, the blurb, you know, about all the surveys. The TFI, it's great for assessment, but things, especially like the climate surveys, yeah, right. where you have sometimes hundreds of people taking yeah. them. Do you really want a hundred pieces of paper coming back to you that you then have to tabulate the scores? Yeah, that's a good point. I'm guessing the answer is no. Mm -hmm. um, and assess for assessment, you send out a link. It keeps the surveys anonymous, which sometimes with paper could also you know, just be a little more difficult if you're taking them in a classroom. So save yourself the time. And there's no reason to not sign up for assessment because it's free. It's fully free. Work with your district, you know, designate somebody to be a coordinator who can help kind of coordinate the survey times and adding users to the schools. But well, the other cool thing is, you know, people are always looking for gotchas and we're really, I think we're really good at not having gotchas and being upfront with it. And, you know, people often say, okay, the application's free, but what about the training? And that's when, especially when I'm sitting next to Jessica, I could say, oh, that's such an interesting question. 
<laughs> what do you think, Jessica? And Jessica will say. <laughs> the training is all encompassing. It's all free. It doesn't cost you anything. Um, and we have lots of training um, options available on a monthly basis on specific tools, on how to use the application, like how to manage assessment. So we have lots of different training offered and also lots of videos. If you, if you don't want to sit through a webinar, we have a bunch of videos that you can access on demand that you can find out how to use assessments. So we've got kind of the gamut of resources available so that whatever your, you know, your preferences, you can actually tap into the way you want to learn about the application. Yeah, and all of the surveys that are inside of assessment are all recommended by the National Center for PBIS. And uh, as they are continuing to do work on new surveys and make updates to existing surveys, um, we are always trying to get all of those things added inside of assessment as well. So anything that's new and available, we're making it available in that application too. So it's not like there's going to be some new survey that comes out from the center and you're not going to be able to put it, you know, inside of this application. It's, one, it's all vetted. It's really cool. Megan, one of the things I think is also important for people to know, I guess, is that those tools are already validated. That's why we wait to put them on the on that mm -hmm. application so they can mm -hmm. trust the information that they're getting. That mm -hmm. that's not the place where we're like trying things out for for research. We've already done the research on those tools and so we know that they are valid, they're reliable, um, they're useful. Um, we've already done some of that vetting to put them on the application. And so they can trust that if it's on there, it's already, we've done our due diligence yes. um, through the previous research to make sure that it's something that's going to be useful for the team. So they don't have to really sift through and like, you know, figure that out on their own. Yeah, right. exactly. Uh, another thing that we talked about, we talked to a few people about, at least at Northwest PBIS, at the conference that Jessica and Deirdre and Alan and I attended up in Tacoma, um, we found ourselves talking to folks quite a bit, actually, about um, check-in, check-out, um, um, but also specifically um, point cards and how to individualize them either within the application or um, how to individualize them for, for specific students that are doing check-in, check-out. It was, it was a lot of questions around tier two and tier three interventions. And so um, it, was, it was just a difference. Usually we're talking to folks about Swiss, we're talking to them about assessment, obviously, um, but to have a number of people come up and um, we were able to talk to them about iSwiss, about the, the application that we offer within the Swiss suite for tracking tier three supports um, was new for me this year. Did you have that experience too, Jessica? Yeah, I think, you know, check and check out Swiss is great when you're really doing the check and check out um, uh, intervention strategy, but there's lots of other tier two yes. strategies that schools are using as part of their tier two package, if you will, to mm -hmm. support multiple students. And they need an easy way to capture that those data from those intervention strategies. And check and check out Swiss is awesome, 
for check and check out, which by the way, should be your primary <laughs> your two intervention strategy um, because it's the most evidence-based and it's the most adaptable and flexible, I think, to support students. However, when you want to individualize or you have other tier two strategies, um, such as um, maybe even um, some um, social skills or skill, skill, um, skill building groups, or maybe you wanna um, have some things related to academic strategies or academic supports, you can actually use iSwiss, which is our individualist, individualized system, to capture some of those data on those um, students. And you can create your own metrics, you can create your own um, you know, frequency counts or mm -hmm. time durations and those kinds of things. And so iSwiss is actually a really customizable sure. application to use for that, um, which is a fun way for people to, to tap into that application and use it more. Yeah, so check and check out uh, for folks that maybe you don't know, um, is this targeted tier two intervention um, where students who participate carry around a point card, digital or otherwise, um, and they check in with their teachers throughout the day. When they show up to school, they check in with someone just to start the day off great. And then they check in with their teachers throughout the day just to see how they're doing and um, uh, and for their teachers to offer them some some guidance or support if they need to. And then at the end of the day, they check out with an adult, say, how was your day? What are the things that you need to do or to bring with you tomorrow to be successful? And away they go. Oftentimes there's a, um, a home, like a family component where you check in with families to make sure that things are going well. Um, and this intervention, um, so the intervention itself is, like I said, a targeted intervention, which means that it's group-based. So the point card that you establish for the intervention is the same for all students. Now, some students check in the same number of periods, but other students might check in fewer, but the point card is the same for everybody. The where it gets diff different is for kiddos who, for students who um, maybe need a little bit extra, like they, they're going to do the check-in, check-out process, but they're going to be specifically focused on certain, uh, what would it be, certain um, skills. And so they're checking in with their teachers related to specific skills. Now that makes it a more individualized point card. And that's where you can actually set that up within I Swiss. So the student can be doing check in, check out, but it's an individualized point card. And so based on, we talked to this one woman in Northwest PBIS. She was, she came to the booth and she was asking us about, you know, we have students doing check in, check out, but I've got like four or five different kids who are doing it just like specific to them. And I want to track these specific things in um, CICO Swiss. Uh -huh. so you could actually set this up in I Swiss. And she lost her mind. She was like, oh, what? wait, I can do what? And so we showed her how she could establish a point card for an individual student related to that student's file in the application and she lost her mind. And so that got us thinking, I was checking in with Robin and with Jessica and we thought we could do this and just set up like a little tutorial on how to set up a point card within iSwiss for individual mm -hmm. students. So, yeah. So Katie and I, Katie, not this Katie on this podcast. Not me a member of our training team and I are going to be working together to bring that to you. So, you know, being a part of these conferences, I would say just um, 
it highlights for us the ways that these tools can be used uh, practically in school settings and how we can actually, you know, make some of those interventions and collecting the data related to those interventions a little easier for folks. So. Mm -hmm. And make yeah, associated exactly. resources so that yeah. they can, you know, you don't have to reinvent the wheel and we don't need to ask, you know, you don't have to call in necessarily and get your individual question answered related to setting up a point card. If we have a video available, then yes. we're making it accessible to more people. Yeah. So we're going to figure out a template. We're cool. going to figure out a tutorial. It's going to be great. So just check it out. We're going to pay attention to our social media. Uh, we're all over Twitter and Facebook specifically, but check it out. We'll, we'll post about it and make it available to everybody as soon as it's ready. Uh, so then APBS oh, down in San Diego. Robin, you mentioned that uh, you were hearing from folks about collecting positives. As That's we know, right. with PBIS, we, uh, we do positive as part of the, the name. It's in the name. So we're tracking, we're trying to encourage the behaviors that we wanna see by acknowledging kids for the things that they do that are great. Um, and you had folks coming up to the booth asking what about positives? Uh, <laughs> do, you want, do you want me to use my term? Uh, <laughs> I keep calling them. Uh, they just want to know if there's a way to track um, sparkle points. Sparkle points, right. <laughs> so mm -hmm. whatever, whatever point system they have in their building, they could be Cougar Cash or a lot of times it's tied to their um, school store or something like yeah. that. Um, some students give some uh, students schools give tickets out. They give um, you know they okay. tally things up in any way, and so they want a digital way to to award these sparkle points to students. Yeah, and they want to know why we're not doing it. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, we have because we have good reasons. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we have this application called Swiss where we're tracking consequences and um, behaviors that we don't want to see, the unwanted behaviors that are happening in our school. So why aren't you guys giving me a place to track all of the behaviors that I do want to see? Right. And it is a really good um, kind of starting out question that lots of people have. Like, yeah. and, and it's just, um, it's, it's around um, knowing kind of how these systems work and knowing what data you use for decision making. And so what we what we usually say is it's not that we're focusing on the negative and we're not right. we're not right. trying to get kids in trouble it's that especially in a tier 1 um, situation where you're tracking your student population as a group you collect all these office disciplinary referrals together and then you can look at large trends that are happening in the building because um, for tier one and a lot of, and for most students, um, it isn't really the student's fault or it's not because the student is bad or they're just doing bad behavior. Um, a lot of times it's um, the adults in the building. So us that could be making our systems better. So if we're having a lot of, so Swiss allows you to look at problems and pinpoint them and pinpoint them with really great precision based on a lot of different data that we collect, like time of day, um, grade, genders, um, IEP status, things like that. And then we can kind of uh, drill down into the data and see that, oh, it isn't actually a problem with Billy and, and Tommy and Nicole. It's actually a problem with 
almost all the sixth graders at lunchtime because we've developed a system where we just kind of let them all out at the same time. And there's not really a, we've discovered there's not really a monitor watching while people are going to the cafeteria. And so mm -hmm. if kids are getting in trouble in that, in that situation, is it really the kids or can we make our system a little better? And that's just an example, sure. um, a simple example. With positive, with, you know, sparkle points, positive referrals, people call them making, it's really, the data is making sure that the adults are doing what they're supposed to. Yes. And really when you're tracking all of those positives in a day, there's not a lot of decisions to make with that data. So it ends up being a lot of work for teachers in the building without a big payoff. And so what we notice is to really improve the systems in the building, it, it is way worth your while way more than tracking positives than to then tracking these office discipline referrals. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I actually had this great conversation with uh, Dr. Rob Horner, who was our director for a long time here at PBIS apps. And I was in the middle of writing an article for our teach by design blog, which is still up there. So check it out. It's called how to reward students the right way. Um, I was asking him specifically about these positives and acknowledgements because it actually can, has, has a tendency to be a bit of a controversial topic, you know, um, related to PBIS that people often associate PBIS with, you know, token economies and rewarding behaviors and doing nothing, you know, related to anything mm -hmm. else. You're just, you know, trying to be all light and fuzzy all the time. And so I was asking him, like, what is the purpose of these rewards? And he, he was great about it. He was like, the reward is not, I mean, yeah, it's for the kids, you know, and uh, to encourage, keep them encouraged and motivated when they're having a hard time, but they're just as much for the adults, like you were saying, Robin, because if you're carrying around, let's say you're carrying around six tokens in your pocket as an adult. And I don't know about you, but anytime I'm a, I'm big on pockets. I'm a lady. I like to have pockets. And so I put my hand in my Megan pocket. Megan is pro pocket. Pro pocket people. <laughs> let it be and known. Let it be known. And so when I put my hands in my pockets, I'm constantly like, I've got little rocks and little things in there that my kids have given me over the, over the course of the week <laughs> or whatever. And I notice it. I notice that it's there. And so if I had those tokens in my pocket, it serves as a reminder that I have six kids that I need to, to acknowledge for doing something great, or at least the effort that they put into something. And it's not going to be for my own self. It's not going to be the kids that I always acknowledge. It's going to be the kids that I actually have a hard time acknowledging. And so for when Rob was talking to me about, you know, the use of these tokens within a PBIS framework, he said, really, the intention is to serve as a reminder to the adult that there are kids that need your acknowledgement. And those are the kids that you need to go up and talk to and say, I, I see you trying, here's this thing, you know? And it's not gonna be for a thing that they do well most of the time. It's gonna be for doing a thing that they often have a hard time doing. And that's the thing that's gonna serve as a motivator for them. You're not gonna acknowledge a kid, you know, who's great at, you know, counting to a hundred for counting to a hundred, you're going to acknowledge a kid who's had a hard time counting by tens when they actually get, you know, above 50. So 
it's those kinds of things. And so the, the positive itself is great. And the token is great. It's a reminder. But actually, like, what do you do with that information as far as making decisions? We're all about like efficiency and making sure that um, uh, the data that we're asking you to, to enter is actually useful. And so um, anytime you think, why don't you just, why couldn't I just enter it? Well, you could, like we could make it available. In fact, I think, Jessica, maybe you remember, I think the original versions of Swiss, it was possible. They tried to make it possible for people to collect them. And the thing is, is that you're supposed to be giving these things out all the time. Like you're lousy with the positives, people. Lousy like you've got a lot of them, not like you're bad at it, like you have a lot of them. And so if you're entering all that information, you're going to be entering a lot of data all the time. And so uh, we're always thinking about like, if I'm going to ask you to enter this information, how are you going to use it for making decisions? It's all about efficiency and effectiveness. Efficiency yeah. and effectiveness, our two favorite E-words. Yeah. <laughs> Equity gets thrown in there too. Right? Equity does too. Yes. Yeah. I like easy. Easy, <laughs> easy is good. Yes. Easy is a good one. Okay. So we have like five favorite E-words. <laughs> And Ethiopian food, but that's uh, different. That's a, that's for another... that's a different podcast. We'll get, we're going to talk. We're going to talk about food in another podcast. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I think when we think about all of these things that we've talked about so far, really something that came up for a lot of us is that um, we met a lot of new folks out there up in Tacoma. We've met so many people from Alaska. It was exciting. It was really exciting. They've got a brand new initiative. Uh, that's coming up and so they were brand new all of this stuff they they looked they had been there uh, by the time we got there they'd already been there for like three days doing like workshops and pre-conference stuff and they were so (laughs) they looked a little wide-eyed there was uh one woman I had asked her what her travel was like to get here and she it's she it took her the better part of a day uh to get from where she lives to um Tacoma where the conference was Katie, I think, did you mention too that you met quite a few people, new people that were like new to PBIS, new yeah. team members? Yeah, we had a lot of people come by the booth and say, you know, it's their first conference. Yeah. Um, they knew nothing about PBIS. They were sent here to learn about PBIS. Yeah. Um, it was. I was actually shocked. I expected to see a lot more like ex- experts or people who are like using PBIS in their schools every day. Um, so mm-hmm. I was surprised to hear. Yeah, I think it's like turnover, people. right? Like it's a it's a product of the turnover that we've seen within education, and also maybe schools that are recommitting to some of these things that um, that had kind of fallen off either within the last two years or even before. Um, so if if the people who are listening to this to us talk about this stuff now are also new, what are some of the places that you like to send people either on our website or um, other people's sites or how do you, what are some resources that, that you like to recommend to new people? Jessica, what do you have? Um, I usually send them to the center website, the center on PBIS, um, which is our national technical assistance center. Um, there is lots of great, um, getting started, um, information, but also separated by topics. You can find topics on equity and topics on high school and topics on database decision-making. Um, there's just a ton of resources and it's being updated all of the time, um, which is just really great. So that's one that I've definitely got bookmarked and I make sure that people um, tap into that right away. 
Katie, how about you? What do you no. share with other folks? I was going to say uh, PBIS.org. That's the website that, that you uh, mentioned, Jessica. And I send people there all the time. Um, another good resource. And I actually had somebody come up and tell Robin and I how much they enjoyed it was your Teach by Design articles, Megan. Oh, They're yeah. a great resource. And we had... Um, uh, a state level person from Arkansas come up to our table and say that she has a, bi a monthly meeting that corresponds with the day your Teach by Design articles come out. <laughs> and she so didn't always, realize it? No. And, but she's like, oh, and they just always come out on the day I have this meeting and I always I, pass them along. because I, I said, oh, they always come out the second Tuesday of the month. And she says, that's when my meeting is. <laughs> <laughs> so she's probably sharing it right now because right now, we're, we're we just, recording yeah, this early. And today it came out. <laughs> so there, but they're also great. So hello to you if you're watching the podcast. <laughs> yeah, I love them because I, you know, I while I work in education because I work with PBIS apps. That's not my background. My education is not an education, hmm. and your articles are just make it so easy to digest. Mm -hmm. um, and so they're a really great resource for people kind of getting started. They're fun. You know, you have fun gifts and little yeah. images of them. So, uh, teach by design, and those are all on our website, pbisapps.org. Yeah, so the plug. And people I'll, love I'll them. Just, I'll just mention too that if anybody out there has ideas or things that they want, you know, us to cover topics that you want us to cover, like we're super happy to do it. I like doing series on things. So share, share what you you'd like to read about and listen listen to experts that you want to listen to on this podcast. We're happy to have you all. Uh, I like to, the, the places that I find myself going often um, are, I actually go over to the Midwest PBIS uh, website a lot. Um, they are doing some really great work um, and coming, they come out with, especially around their classroom management, um, they offer trainings, but they also put a lot of the, their materials on their website. Um, so they're easy to download. And even if you haven't participated in a training, you can kind of follow along and see um, some of the the practices that they recommend. Um, so I go there, and I guess in that same vein, I would say for folks to to connect with their regional PBIS offices if they have the opportunity to do so. Um, going to conferences like we went to are so incredible. Um, they they're really inspirational. Um, there was a a keynote speaker up in Tacoma. Um, Dr. Erica McDowell, who um, her keynote was so motivational and just really encouraging um, for everybody in the room to keep going and to look for ways to build community. So going to conferences like the ones that we've been to are really great for meeting people that are doing the things that you're doing and for learning from each other on how you can improve what you're doing. And oftentimes those regional offices are, are putting together conferences or highlighting those conferences on their websites. So I would encourage people to check those out. Robin, what do you like? Um, I'm gonna sound a little like a broken record and say I like the center website. Mm -hmm. um, one of the things I try to do when talking to someone that's unfamiliar with PBIS because contextually we're all about the data, right? So okay. how do I how do I contextualize what we're doing within the broader PBIS when someone doesn't know it? So I, I'll describe like, um, you know, PBIS has uh, some core features, some pillars. Um, you know, lots of times people call them core features, and it's made of practices, system, and data. 
And there's a great graph or a great um, kind of Venn diagram on the website that shows how they're all interrelated. The circles? The circles. It's called the circles. There's three circles overlapping. Don't you have those tattooed on your body? I know, right? Um, don't you have like a yeah. back piece of the circles? Yeah, That's so there's the three circles. It's part, of, circle. it's part of our initiation here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's right there. Well, we're talking about getting triangle tattoos so we can get circle tattoos for the Yeah, other yeah. I've got arm. two shoulders. I can put one on you. There was an unusual amount of talk about triangle tattoos. At, there was. In San Diego. Yeah. They wanted this to is know. a new merch item. We new had merch stickers. Item. They wanted to know if we had tattoos. We we said no. They said, "Do you have them to buy on the website?" I said, "No." They said, "They said, well, you should." I was like, okay, <laughs> okay, okay. We'll get those stickers and tattoos, and we'll sell them. Sorry. Um, so the circles you were talking. Yeah, about but quickly, circles. I'll just describe the circles. There's three interconnecting circles: data, systems, and practice, and all of those work together for outcomes, which is a large circle that encompasses those circles. And at the center of all of it, they're all um, working together towards equity and equitable outcomes. And so all of those are represented in the circle. And it just so happens that one of the, you know, the core features is data and that's our part. And so I try to explain to people, you know, very quickly that they are using a system. You're probably, you know, 99% of people are using a school information system and 99% of those do not give you the data that you need to support PBIS in your building. And so that's where the Swiss suite and PBS assessment come in and we do give you that data. Yeah. So that, that's my quick elevator speech without <laughs> talking about triangle yeah. tattoos. And it's good. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. Yeah. Um, I think too, that a thing that I like to talk to people about um, when they're new is just reminding folks that it's a framework and that's not a curriculum. It's not something that you're going to come in and implement the same. You can't, I mean, they, there's a blueprint but it's not a handbook. So you, there's nothing in there that's like a step-by-step, -step, do this, do that, do this, do that. It's a framework. And as such, it's contextual. And so whatever it is that you're doing is should be representative of the people that are within your building and your community. So, um, so PBIS looks different um, wherever you go, but it should feel really, you should feel the same when you walk into a school that's implementing PBIS. You should feel like you are connected. You should feel like you're yeah. represented. You should feel heard. You should, you should know what's safe. expected of you. Yeah. You should know what is expected of the people around you. So you're yeah. all operating together. Yeah. And so all of this stuff that we're talking about, these are all components. These are all ways that you can achieve the outcomes that you're trying to see. And like Robin was saying, we're, the services that we provide at PBIS apps help you with the data component of your, of your framework. Um, but the way that you use it, that's, that's kind of up to you. Well, thanks guys. I'm really glad that we're all back. Is that it? <laughs> From our travel. Are we done? Yeah. Finished, man. I was really, I was really grateful. I was so grateful to be somewhere in person, but I was also really grateful to be home when I got home. And Robin, I can imagine with your cross-country travel that you also felt grateful to be home. I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna, I will tell my story for, because this will be interesting to the people listening to this because it's a lot of teachers out there. Hello, teachers. That's, that's our main audience. Um, <laughs> I was on a flight from San Diego to Oakland. I felt like I was dropping in on someone's chartered flight because I was one of six adults that weren't with this probably 
hundred plus group of high school students <laughs> and their five chaperones on this flight mm -hmm. <laughs> that were coming back from some spring break um, trip where they were like doing some like community something. That's a and lively plane. I'm I'm not joking when I said it was over hundred students. Um, <laughs> I thought it was forty in the when I was in the airport, and then I was one of the first people to get on the plane. You and I watched them get on and I was sitting next to a flight attendant who was standing next to me and we were just chatting about the students coming on and oh man <laughs> uh, I don't know if you were flown with over 100 high school students but it Never. can be a rowdy bunch <laughs> <laughs> and my flight attendant was great and brought me a drink <laughs> <laughs> I was like, thank you for being a and grown And I kept making eyes at the other adults, like, like, yeah. what are, you, are you seeing what's, are you seeing what this yeah. is? There was only wow. a few times where um, an adult had to like, um, get the rowdy high school kids in line after the, um, the flight attendant was unable to do so. So remind them of the plane wide expectations. Exactly. Then <laughs> yeah, to bring it back to PBIS, it was clear to me that they did not establish the plane wide expectations <laughs> they got on the plane. <laughs> so um, it was it was you were glad to be home. It was interesting. I'm not using the same words I use with my friends. That's okay. <laughs> That's okay. We're keeping it safe for work. Yeah. Thanks, guys. I appreciate you and all of the work that you guys put into making these conferences possible and for joining us today on the podcast. Thanks, Thanks Megan. Megan. Thanks, Megan.